Before we begin this podcast, if you or someone you know is in crisis or needs emotional support, there are tools that can help. You can call Talk Suicide Canada at 1-833-456-4566, or you can text 45645. Coming in the fall of 2023 in Canada, you can also call 988, just three numbers. You can also call the Kids Help Phone at 1-800-668-6868. And the Trans Lifeline in Canada is 1-877-330-6366. In the United States, 1-877-565-8860. Or call 911. You are not alone, and you do not need to be alone. Welcome to the We Are the ADHD Family podcast. This podcast is meant to chronicle our family's journey with ADHD, autism, and other discoveries along the way. I reach out to advocates, experts, individuals, and other families that want to raise their voices and empower those on their journey. My name is Mark Smeets, and I am passionate about removing barriers for others through creating connections, building on strengths, and practical problem solving. I am married to Siobhan, a father to two wonderful kids, and all of us have ADHD. We want you to feel like you have power and hope. I would like to honor and recognize the traditional and unceded territories of the Keitsi, Kwantlen, and Semiamu nations on whose territories I live, work, and play. Okay, I managed to get the kids out of the room. Welcome to the first episode of Random. Basically, what Random is are going to be random things that I've come across after I've done a podcast with a guest, um, or just things I've learned, random things. And they might even be things about things about my process or, or whatnot. This was all born because after I did my first episode with Patricia Shepard, uh, I had somebody had made a post about um, the language that we were talking about, the about the word accommodations. And um, that sparked another post. So what I thought it would be fun to do is there's two things I want to cover today. And the first one is that specific word. And the the issue it sort of set off from, for myself. Um, and the other one is a comment actually that Patricia made of, you know, how do I keep myself on track? So... Let's go into that first because it's actually the shortest one. Um, the other one's far more in depth and deep, and um, yeah, it's a tiny bit of a rant for that matter. Somewhere in the first episode, Patricia made a joke. Actually, this might have been an offline joke. She goes, Hey, we did pretty good for two people with ADHD and not going off track or down the rabbit hole. So <laughs> you should be laughing at this, I hope. Um, but then I started to wonder, you know, people are probably going to be wondering, how did I, how did we pull that off? Number one, I was medicated. That was good. Number two, I do have a script. And the script is something that I follow loosely because if I don't have that, I'm just going to go on and on and on. And if I don't have a way to direct the conversation, you know, I'm just going to keep asking questions and, you know, next we're probably going to be talking about frozen pizza. So I guess, I guess the easiest answer is that there's a game plan. The one challenge I had was just feeling like I was a tiny bit out of myself so I could keep myself on track. 
um, kind of be in that, you know, ask a question, be aware of what the is going on. Yeah, just being able to guide the conversation. And I found that to be a little bit tricky. Anyways, the other realization I had as well was just the amount of questions that I came up with. I wasn't expecting it to be like a, I mean, we talked for three and a half hours or whatever it was. That's a long time. And that's why the podcast got split up into four pieces. But you know, it, you don't want to limit a conversation like this and and put uh, put things on and put limitations on it. You you want to be able to dig in and and just go for it. So that's where the conversation took us, and it was a heck of a lot of fun. So I hope that answers that. And you know what? I'm going to be finding that balance. It's pretty exciting. Now for part two. So as I mentioned in the beginning, I had finished up the podcast conversation with Patricia and somebody made a post about the word accommodation in uh, in a Facebook group and I took issue with it because the word bugs me. And so I made the post that I did and I made the point that I did with very similar tone than what Patricia and I were talking about. Anyways, um... One of my uh, admin friends in the group posted, just sent me a message and basically said, I'll read it verbatim for you. Um, hey, Mark, thank you for responding to that post. I just wanted to mention that the word accommodations is actually a human rights language. Section 8 of the BC Human Rights Code is the duty to accommodate. It's what gives uh, backing to schools obligations to support students with ADHD, regardless of their own systems. The reason I encourage parents to use the word disability accommodations, um, now there's certainly a larger conversation surrounding inclusion to where the accommodation mindset is problematic, I do recognize that, but since this is the current language surrounding the school's legal obligation under the Human Rights Code, it's important language to use. Just wanted to let you know, but I thought your comment was great. So that part for me was awesome. Um, and that led to a much larger conversation of me wanting to investigate because I've never read the Human Rights Code. So that's why I decided to go and do. And, um, you know, together what I thought would be fun is if we read it together. And I'm going to read it off the website. I'll leave a link in the show notes of the episode. And here's what we've got. So that section, um, basically says the code protects you uh now this is a little bit i think more on the employment side than the school side but i'm just going to read it as it is the code protects you in employment based on these personal characteristics employers and others have a duty not to discriminate regarding employment this includes a duty to take all reasonable steps to avoid a negative effect based on person on a personal characteristic this is called the duty to accommodate and the section it specifically applies to also says the following. The duty to accommodate is part of a defense. It refers to it refers to steps a person must take to treat someone equally. It requires a person to take all reasonable steps. This means all steps to the point of undue hardship. For example, a person cannot do their job uh, due to a for a per, for example, a person cannot do part of their job due to a disability. The employer must change the job or take other steps to allow the person to do their job unless this would cause the employer too much hardship. Quite honestly, I feel a little crappy reading that. So 
Language like this exists because some employers need to be forced to provide quote-unquote accommodations. Um, or an employer can't figure out a way that, you know, an, a job can't be done in a way that may not fit inside what their expectation is. Um, you know, maybe they it's they just can't think of another way for the job to be done. I think I just want to say this, that, you know what, some employers are absolutely amazing. Some of them aren't. Instead of learning and extending a hand to figure out how to help and educate oneself or one's organization, um, the ones with the disabilities are left behind. And they're the ones that are made to feel less than a certain standard. And it's like we're causing trouble. You know, I think it needs to be more called uh, call it a duty to set up the job for the person who's going to do it. Not someone who isn't that way, um, who would do it, which I really guess ultimately is a form of ableism. There's no reason why language like this cannot be changed to a more neutral or empowering tone, at least not in my head. As Patricia was saying in the episode uh, when she was talking with school staff, you know, they need to write down accommodations. But in the conversation, you know, we, you know, she gets people to use the word tools. Um, as much as the human rights code says why it has to be that word, why do we need to force an employer or a school to accommodate? Like, wh why can't everyone just get what they need, what helps them? Why can't we just use the word tool and why can't we just get access to what we need? Why do we have to fight the access portion at all? You know, why can't jobs or schools be designed in a more universal way and solutions explored in a more uh, universal way and employers trained in access so that everyone or at least even more people can access tools without the hassle and all of us having the it's the word. I guess why can't these jobs be just designed in a more universal way? So we can bring more people along and the result ends up being that not only do we keep, you know, as as two examples, not only do we keep uh, you know, students in school longer and, you know, bring down the, you know, the rates of absenteeism or skipping school or things like that, but when it comes to, you know, jobs, that gives a more secure financial future for the employee and for the organization. Okay, so let's fast forward. It was the other day. Uh, this is March 20th, so I think this is like March 19th or 18th. Anyways, I had an interesting conversation about this very thing with uh, Jessica from How to ADHD. And if Jess, if you're listening, hi. Um, and the conversation happened on Twitter. And her point of view made me think. So I want I'll put the link to the tweet in the show notes, but um, I'll just read out what she wrote. And part of me wonders if we were actually trying to say the same thing, but I'm pretty sure we were anyways. Um, but here's what she says. Um, and I'm taking the conversation out of context a little bit, so I encourage you to go to go look it up. Um, she says, what I am trying to do when I give talks is encourage universal design where tools are available to everyone, which cuts, cuts down the need for specific accommodations, like flexible seating where there are more seats than students. Everyone can sit where it works for them that day. 
As our conversation went on, she made another point. If what you're talking about is universal design where tools are available to everyone, which she fully supports, uh, are you saying that we shouldn't also offer specific accommodations as needed to create equity in the school slash workplace, like extra time on tests? There was the end of, of what she says, and I, I, really, I really like what, um, how she put those. Um, for me, ultimately, if the person needs a tool, why are we making somebody jump through all these hoops? Um, being inclusive, I think I mentioned this in the podcast with Patricia as well, but I'm going to start to say this um, more regularly. Being inclusive or being an ally isn't hard. Um, all any of us are really asking for is for people to be slightly educated in other disabilities that may exist, whether it's autism, Down syndrome, ADHD, etc. Um, you know what? We're not asking you to get a PhD. We're not asking you to solve these things. Okay. Um, and to implement schools, jobs, classrooms, um, in a, in a universal way where we're open to doing, you know, a task in different, in different ways, um, that may work for, for somebody else. The question becomes is, you know, if we, you know, doing this, who benefits from all this? Well, number one employers are going to benefit because they'll be far more productive and have an edge over the competition who doesn't do these things. Customers of the employers, um, you know, their customers, because they get their product or service done faster and with a higher quality. Students are going to benefit because they're going to pass more tests. I'm sure you'd have higher attendance in class and far more inspired kids in a school. And more importantly, they get to realize their goals. Those goals could be the cure for cancer, right? So why do we have to put barriers in people's ways when the world is trying to help? And there's real... And I guess my final point is that there's zero reason why we can't push organizations, you know, like the BC Human Rights Group, um, to change the language and update it so it is far more inclusive. Uh, my last thought, to be quite blunt, be cool. Extend a hand. Just help everyone exceed. That's it. So there is the first episode of Random. Um, I did script out a couple of these things of points I wanted to make went pretty good at least i think i hope but um you know it was it's pretty cool to be able to dig into this stuff and to start to help people and to start a conversation so if there's something that um you know you catch me saying or what have you feel free to reach out and um and make a point of of educating me and and showing me um, and likewise, if you have questions and, and maybe you think I could have brought up a different point, go for it. So, um, yeah, there you go. The other random thing I'm going to put into the podcast as well are little funny, uh, taglines at the end of things. And, um, this is actually my cousin-in-law's idea and I thought it'd just be hilarious to put a, uh, a little, a little blurb or a little joke at the end of the podcast. So, um, even though you think the podcast's over, wait about five seconds and, and have a listen. So wherever you are in this world, have yourself a fantastic day. Be safe. Keep being an ally. Keep fighting for accessibility for all of us. And um, you are awesome.
Thank you for listening to the We Are the ADHD Family podcast. If you want to be a guest on the podcast or know someone who would make a great guest, my contact information is in the show notes. This podcast is open to everyone. You don't need to be an expert, just passionate and want to see change. The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests are not associated with any employer or organization unless otherwise stated. We are the ADHD Family. If you like what you hear on this podcast, please give the show a rating so it makes it easier for people to find us. Trying to sleep. This is not funny anymore. Let's put it away. It's only been five minutes. Oh, it hasn't. What do you mean it's midnight?